Hey guys, this is a throwback episode of a conversation I had oh, early 2019 with uh, my buddy Sam Ayers and talking about, these These are some of the conversations that led to uh, what what is going on with, you know, what we're talking about now with Alpha Wildlife. Um, it's a really good conversation, still really relevant, and uh, that's why I wanted to throw it out there. I want people to kind of listen to it and start you know, formulating uh, opinions in their head and and hopefully um, come to some conclusions here that uh, will help us move forward with hunting and and what we love. First, I'd like to thank you all for all the support that you've given Hal. And uh, I just want to let you know that Hal only works when you're involved And the only way we can preserve our way of life is to stay connected to the issues and continue to make our voices heard. Also, I'd like to talk to you quickly about the different ways you could be a part of Halfa Wildlife. At the very least, we hope you will become a PAC member and opt into our emails. This is our free membership program. This helps you stay connected to the issues surrounding hunting, fishing, and wildlife management. Uh, It's super easy. You just a few clicks, you know, and uh, and you're in. It's pretty easy. And next would be our paid membership, which is a $30 a year membership. And this gives you access to deeper discounts, more rewards, and special giveaways. Lastly, I want to talk to you about our partnership programs like Go Hunt and now Pope and Young Club. With the Go Hunt program, you can go to their website right now and you can buy their membership for $149 or you could purchase it from Hal, and you would get our $30 membership included free and have access to additional discounts and benefits to go purchase stuff from the Go Hunt store. So it's kind of a no-brainer. You could spend $149 to purchase it on their website, or you could spend $149 to purchase it on Hal for Wildlife. And when you do so, when you purchase it from Hal, you they will give 50% of your membership will be donated to Halfa Wildlife. So it's kind of brainless, like I said. I mentioned Pope and Young. So we have a new program with the Pope and Young Club. So if you ever wanted to become a member of Pope and Young, now is the time to do it. Because you can get both the Pope and Young membership and the Halfa Wildlife membership for the same price that you would normally purchase your Pope and Young membership, which is $45 a year. Again, kind of brainless. Get benefits of both. You're helping out both organizations and you just get way more for your money. One more thing I want to talk to you about. If you use Onyx, I use Onyx. It's an excellent program. Figure out all my waypoints, figure out how I'm going to get into places, how I'm going to make stalks. There's so many different ways you can use Onyx. It's an amazing product. Um, If you already have it, or if you never had it before, you can use the promo code HOWL, uh, H-O-W-L, all caps, and you will save 20% off on that membership. Plus, Onyx will donate an additional 20% to Howlful Wildlife. You can't beat that, right? So you're helping yourself, saving some money. You're helping out the organization. It's awesome. All right, that's all I got for you. Let's get into this episode. Hi, this is John Stallone with Interviews with the Hunting Masters, and you're listening to Living Country in the City. 
Well, John, thank you so much for hopping on the episode with me today. Excited to have you back. Oh, thanks for having me, man. You're you're doing me more of a favor than I'm doing you. Nobody <laughs> wants to. <hear>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so man, it's been a while. I was looking back, um, and it looks like we haven't chatted since episode forty-five. So, man, just about fifty-five, fifty-six episodes ago, like that was half of the life of my podcast over that. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Uh, I remember when you when you told me you were going to, you were starting the podcast and then we finally put something together for me to come on. Yeah. You've come a long way, man. It's man. It just seems like a whole lifetime ago, different conversations. I mean, you know, I still have no idea what the hell I'm doing, but at least, uh, people enjoy it and get to hear about it now. (laughs) Um, but yeah, you know, we talked about, uh, we talked about a lot of stuff last time. I mean, we kind of hit a little bit of everything. Some uh, talked a little bit about hunting in Arizona and, and coos deer and muley yeah. and um, how you uh, are like me and that uh, you absolutely hate not filling a tag. So you, you tend to shoot a lot of medium sized shit. Oh man. Um, yeah, what, how did I phrase it? I'm reading the show notes page here. How to kill lots of not quite trophy sized animals. Yep. That's, um, that's, you want to learn how to shoot not trophy sized animals. You follow John Stallone. No, uh, <laughs> I've, uh, yeah, I've, yeah, had, it's a, been I've a had a story career of the medium sized. So, <laughs> but you know, it's been, it's been a while since we chatted and honestly, um, I always tell people, like, whenever you come up in conversation, the one thing uh, I always love uh, – that always comes up when I talk uh, – when you come up in conversation is how passionate you do get about uh, everything. I mean, when you get into something, you, you are a passionate dude. Um, and I really appreciate that about you because too many people here, like, in – I mean, I'll just say it in the hunting industry, too many people here will get passionate about stuff, but they don't show it. And mm-hmm. whether that's, uh, you know, we all love, we all love talking about our passions about hunting, but I just noticed like you, you know, you are out there all the time being the, being the guy you are. And I just, I really appreciate that. So when you have a problem with something, you don't like let it fester and like talk shit behind people's backs, whatever. Like you can, I've just noticed you confront people, you're open about it and you get, get it resolved. And I love that about you. Um, but it's no, it really is. Like I just, uh, I I can't remember who I was chatting with, but we were at hunt expo. And I think, uh, I, I was just talking with someone about, you know, other people that were, were podcasting and, and somebody had mentioned mentioned your name. I'm like, yeah, man. I just love how fired up he gets about about stuff. Like, it's just it gets me excited, and you know, it's relatable. It's like it's very real. Um, but we are here today to talk about, uh, you know, recently something that we're both very passionate about, which is you know, a unity among hunters and bringing new people into hunting. Uh, and so. Uh, from how I understand it over the past couple of years, this has been something you've been building on, working on, uh, and you're calling it the Hunter Up Initiative, correct? 
That's correct. Yes. Uh, and basically what it is, is I'm trying to get, get us to be more of a community and less of an industry. Um, everybody, not everybody, I hate to say everybody, but the majority of hunters are very passionate about whatever niche it is that they are in, in hunting, but not necessarily about the whole picture. Uh, you know, the duck hunters get very excited about duck issues. Deer hunters get very excited about deer issues, elk, so on and so forth. And the problem is the other side isn't like that. Yes, they do all have their niches. The save the whale people have their niche. The save the wolves, the, you know, save the bears. They all have their niche, but they have no problem coming together to lock arms on issues. And those, they actually give grants to one another within their, within their uh, organizations and, and do stuff to, um, allocate money to fight us on stuff and and my son just walked in <laughs> well bud say hi to sam hi. okay can you do hey. me a favor get get your naked body out of here <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's my three-year-old that's my youngest yeah <laughs> uh, also another reason why i don't do podcasts in the evening <laughs> is my <laughs> Anyhow, so, you know, it, my hunter-up initiative is basically this, is to try to take one new hunter out, to, try to introduce one new hunter, one new person into hunting, and try to educate as many non-hunters as you possibly can, wherever you can work it into a conversation, so that they understand where money comes from for conservation, what the North American wildlife model is. And that way, when votes come, you know, when it comes time to vote, they're not going to vote against us because the other side uses a lot of propaganda. They uh, use emotion and are doing a very good job of infiltrating media, getting actors and big name people that are very well recognized. You know, any everybody knows about well, maybe not everybody, but Husis, okay, uh, Humane Society of the United States is been putting out videos. Oh, save the save the puppies and da 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 da, and none of that money goes to saving puppies. It goes to fighting, litigating, and going against us. So it, it's really important that we, as a group, come together, stop fighting with one another, stop wasting energy, um, arguing, and stop bickering. And when it comes to stuff that is hunting-related, uh, for instance, you know, this is just come, this just came up recently, and... Uh, I got pretty heated about it, as you said, passionate, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> pretty outspoken about it. Now, they're trying to ban um, 
coyote calling contests or predator calling contests here in Arizona. They they have they got them banned in Washington state. They got them banned in New Mexico, and now they're 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 starting in Arizona. And I'm not a I'm a predator hunter. Yes, I do a lot of predator hunting. I guide for predator hunting, um, but I'm I'm I don't do contests. It's not my thing. You know, um, I've thought about it. I've thought about it mainly to see, yeah, well, I figure where where would I fall in the pecking order, you know, against other guys who are good at pet predator calling, but I've never done it. Um, but I was fighting for them to stay and and not to be abolished or banned um, because I feel it's another win for the antis and we're, we're not sticking together. And I got really heated because there was hunters that were actually standing up and saying, yeah, let's get rid of them. Matter of fact, BHA is like leading the charge with that. So a pro hunting organization is voting against hunting. And that to me, I don't know. That says anti-hunting to me. You know, which actually led me to go do a bunch of investigation and whatnot. Down, I went down a rabbit hole that I don't even want to get involved in. But, but I, I, I feel like if you're, you know, there was a big thing going on a couple of years ago when the elections were going on to vote public lands, and I think that people should vote hunting. Don't vote public. Yeah, we want public lands. Yeah, of course we want places to go hunt. But I think you have to go with the people that are pro-hunting and not, you know, uh, parading around as pro-hunters or pro-hunting. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I feel like if you really look into and do your due diligence, you can find those organizations, find those people, find the senators, find the you know, officials and so on and so forth that are actually pro hunting and not, you know, again, um, parading around this pro hunting. So I definitely get what you're saying. I mean, it's a, it's a matter of, okay, the public lands are great. And I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of, of hiking. I'm a big fan of camping and, uh, I was about to say mountain biking and I do not even own a mountain bike. Um, <laughs> but you know, I'm a big fan of being in the outdoors, even aside from hunting. And I love having access to public lands to do that. But hunting is what's important to me. Um, like, and you know what? And I have no problem, uh, teaming up with someone that, that disagrees with, with certain aspects of what I believe in to achieve a certain goal. But if in the course of achieving that goal, I destroy what I'm passionate about, I'm doing myself right. a disservice. And I'm exactly. not one to talk about anyone. You know, I definitely think, yeah, we should vote public lands, but not to the point where we vote ourselves out of hunting. And, yep. you know, I'll probably get a couple emails. I, I have a feeling I might get some emails for this podcast, but it's, it's something. Probably. You know, and I will too. I, 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 I just... And I'm not, I'm not saying any specific person or any specific group. I oh, know yeah. I mentioned BPA, but cause, and honestly, I've, you know, 
I'll say this. I, I feel like I don't know what if, if they're all cracked up to what they are, or, you know, cracked up to what they're all, you know, they're supposed to be. But uh, you know, I, I'm not. I'm not saying specific. I just saying you need to really look um, and, and see, you know, because every organization is going to have something that's not a hundred percent in line with what you want, and that's that was my whole point. Um, of what is is being more unified and voting for the betterment of hunting, you know, for the betterment of us as a community, not to just propel one one aspect of hunting and put down another, and so on and so forth. Um, well, it's the I mean, we're such a as hunters, we're such a group of people. We do really just to echo what you said. We do so much identify with how you hunt, like. It may not be necessarily that you're just a deer hunter, just an elk hunter, just a duck hunter, whatever it is. I mean, there's definitely, I I definitely say there's, you know, a big difference between people who identify as predator hunters solely, people that identify as waterfowl or upland game or big game, whatever that is. Um, You know, I mean, how many debates over deer versus elk, but at the bare minimum, you know, so many people just identify as, you know, Western hunters versus, you know, a tree stand hunter or whatever that is. I mean, me on the, you know, me, I, I guess I would identify more as a Western hunter just because I've done more of that. But like you put a bow, a rifle, a dang muzzle. I've never owned a muzzle loader in my life, but you put one in my hands and give me an opportunity to hunt. I'll do it. Um, but it's definitely, it's, it's that old quote. It's the, um, it's referring to the Holocaust, you know, I mean, and, you know, not to compare this with that, but it's just, it's a relevant quote. It's the whole thing where it's, uh, you know, first they came for the socialists and I did not speak out cause I was not a socialist, you know, mm-hmm. whether that's the first they came for the mountain lion hunters and I did not speak out cause I was a mountain lion hunter, you know, right. then they, then they came for the, lead ammunition and I did not speak out because I was a bow hunter. Then they yeah. came for, you know, uh predator calling contest and I did not speak out. And but then, you know, they came for me and there's no one left to speak for me. Um right. and you know, you look at so much of that. It you know, that was a lot of the case with uh a lot of what they've been banning up in I know Canada as well in British Columbia, there's issues with that where um yep. People say, well, I don't, I don't hunt grizzly bears. I don't hunt this. I don't hunt that. So why, why should I care? You know? And- well, they, they, they rely on the fact that hunters just want to hunt what they hunt and are going to be apathetic, you know, to stuff that doesn't affect them. Uh, you know, why, why should a guy in New York that whitetail hunts care about not being able to hunt lions in California? They don't see the connection. They don't. They don't see it because it doesn't directly affect them. And but the the simple truth is that it does, because every time they gain traction with something, you know, with all right. So again, with lion hunting, every time they they use that as uh, precedence to get something else banned somewhere else. And 
Every time, every little war they win, every time they take a little bit of, of our of our wall down, of our armor away, you know, it gets smaller and smaller. Um, I, I, I mean, I it's the whole concept like of divide and conquer. Serious. Yeah, I might sound like like a crazy conspiracy, <laughs> you know, whatever. But the fact of the matter is, it's not going to happen in our lifetime. It's not going to happen in our kids' lifetime. But maybe in our grandkids' at lifetime, it might happen. It's going to, you know, you're going to see a very... All they have to do is figure out a way to come up with the money that we put into and it's going to go away. Because mm-hmm. then the government doesn't have to fight for us anymore. They don't care. If they can figure out a way to make whatever we did, what, $54 billion since, you know, the Pittman-Robinson Robinson Act uh, was enacted? No. I mean, it, but certain, on a serious level, um, I don't know how many millions it is a year because it, it keeps changing in the numbers every time I look mm-hmm. at it. The statistics that change. But let's just say it's $200 million a year, Okay. Let's say two hundred million dollars a year comes from the excise tax, and it's and I, I believe it's more than that. Uh, I think it's one point five billion or something like that. But I don't I don't even know what the numbers are. I'm not a statistics guy. But all I know is if somebody out there in the anti world figures out a way to support conservation and restoration projects without the hunters, it's going to go away. Now there's a lot of other there's a lot of other things that you know go into the economy that are driven off of hunting, um, you know, lodging, gas, uh, all hunting related businesses, but ATV sales, truck sales, you know, all this other stuff that computes that don't get factored into the money that comes from hunting, but it is. I can guarantee, you know, there's a pretty large percentage of guys who hunt that probably wouldn't own a truck if they didn't hunt. Now, me, I'm a contractor. I probably still have a truck. But, you know, a guy who works a desk job, probably not going to have a truck. What does he need a Honestly, truck for? If he's- I, would still, I would still probably just be cruising around in my Jeep if it, if it wasn't for hunting. I... Majority of the reason I sold my Jeep and chose not to work on it anymore is because I knew I was going to be taking these long trips and I wanted something that I could haul stuff in and tow stuff with. And yeah. I mean, how, how many ATV sales are, you know, oh, I want to get an ATV, I want to get a side by side for hunting. Oh, yeah. You know, it just, anyway, so you get the point. But so, yeah, it, it, it it's going to be a, it would be a really tough road. I mean, but we can't, we can't, rely on the fact that that is going to save us. Yeah. I'm saying Uh, because we live in a world right now of, you know, pot eaters. I'm sorry to say that, but uh, no, I, I honestly, okay. But we live in a world where people do things on impulse and are very easily swayed by, viral social media and stuff like that. And it doesn't take a whole lot to, you know, change somebody's mind because we look to the internet for information. We look to, but 
do we really know what that information comes from? Do we really know, you know, do we know mm-hmm. what it is? And how many times have you made a decision? I mean, just to go buy something, you look at reviews. You don't know who those reviews are from. Are they really transparent? Are they really reviews from customers? Oh. I, anytime I, I go you- on that crap, anytime I go on that crap, I sit there and I'm like, and I, and I just, I do, I wonder that. I'm like, well, crap, are these reviews, is it, did they like hire some, some company in China to write like 50 probably reviews here? Like, who knows, you know? But it's, my point of bringing that yeah. up is that it's not that hard. So yesterday I was doing, I was searching. I kept putting in different keyword searches like, um, conservation and, um, anti-hunting and this and that. I just kept and just to see what would pop up on the internet. And environmentalists and anti-hunting groups do an excellent, excellent job of putting out articles and new I just read an article that basically completely tells a different story of how wildlife conservation is run in the United States. And how our taxes and our dollars that we spend in conservation and donate to does nothing for it. That 90, what I don't even remember what number they were claiming, but like 90% of the money comes from like, uh, what's that one wild world wildlife con? It's a, oh, it's yeah, big, the, I don't know, but like, yeah, just the World Wildlife Foundation. Yes, thank you. I think that's what it is. Yeah, that's the one. Anyway, so it's just like, so they do an excellent job of pumping out all this information. And the only articles that you find online about the conservation model in the United States are on hunting-related sites. They're on, you know, I'm like right now I got one up, Outdoor Life, that I was reading about how much money is spent litigating. Um, anyhow, it, we're not doing that. We're not winning the war because we're not we're not making movies like Bambi, you know, that villainize, you know, like basically vilify hunters. Every every movie, every TV show you watch out there, if you pay attention. The hunter is always the bad guy. Yeah, if you pick, if you pay attention, every every time there's a hunter in the in the character, he's a bad guy. Even if they're not the antagonist of the of the plot, they are portrayed as you know suspect at some point. You know, mm-hmm. I was just I just started watching this Netflix uh, show called Longmire. It's like a. Mm-hmm. Cop Western. It's based on uh, the Longmire uh, Mysteries, which is uh, a, a book series anyway. But I got into it. And every time there's, because it takes place in Wyoming and he's a sheriff, yeah. every time a um, hunting related deal, it's always like, oh my God, man, that's just not the way. There was just this one thing on there with wolves. And they're talking about the Judas Wolf. I don't know. Have you ever heard about Judas Wolf? I've, I saw an article about it years ago. This is where supposedly a, a hunter, but it wasn't a hunter. It was the U.S. government that did it in the 60s or whatever. But 
collars a wolf and releases it into the wild, and that wolf brings it to the pack, and then the hunter shoots the whole pack. Yeah. When does that happen? That doesn't happen. <laughs> it never freaking happens. Because, first off, you have to have a tag to kill a wolf in the places that you can kill a wolf. And you only get one. You're not shooting freaking 50 of them. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's just yeah. stupid shit like that. But people that don't know believe that. You watch that. And if, even if you don't believe it, it's in the back of your mind that hunters are assholes. Yeah. And we're just out there toting guns and drinking beer and, you know, <laughs> shooting up everything that you can see. You know, well, you even look at movies like, uh, you know, you think about the amount of movies that actually have hunting in them there, you know, I mean, where it's, where it's more of a theme, you know, there's some like ghost in the darkness. That's actually probably the only one I can think of where hunters are not portrayed in a, in a horrid light. But, uh, I mean, you look at like the deer hunter, they're not necessarily portrayed in a bad way, but it's, they're still portrayed as drunk dudes going out with, you know, exactly. getting, getting shit faced and going out and shooting dares, you know, just off the side of the road, off their cars kind of a thing. And it's, it's so, you know, we see all these issues that are facing us as hunters, you know, whether that, you know, fighting against, fighting against a group that, yeah, they have their own identities like we do, but they have no issue with getting into lockstep together, linking arms and providing a united front to, fight against whatever these issues are. Uh, well, we, on the other hand, tend to either ignore the issues that aren't important to us, or we will, you know, if somebody says they'll fight for our issue, we'll band with them and fight against some other, other pro hunter issue. Um, yes. You know, so we see these problems that are facing us. We see a lot of, uh, you know, as we've, I think, you know, we kind of discussed this before the podcast, you know, we see a lot of infighting as hunters, even over stupid stuff that is just a waste of time, really. Um, you know, yeah, we- uh, like you said, whether, whether, you know, I'm shooting a Hoyt and you're shooting a Matthews or, uh, you know, whether you hunt with a rifle versus a bow, whether you're public land, private land, heck, whether you want to go out and you want to shoot a, buy a, a big ass, buy a hunt for a big ass elk, that's been bottle raised and let go on a farm. And you know what? You want to pretend like you went out on some epic hunt. Honestly, I don't care. We all know what happened. We're not that stupid. Like, right. Right. I mean, I don't care. I'm not going to waste my time and energy making this big deal and infighting with you when this energy could be spent on doing research and educating other people. You know what? If you want to grab a bow, John, if you want to grab a bow fishing bow, put on a bikini and stick your butt out on top of a, an orca cooler. I really don't care. I'd rather you didn't. I would probably hide your story for a few weeks if you did that. Um, but I, you know what? I don't care. I'm not going to follow you because that's not the content I'm interested in. Uh, you know, I don't need some other hunting group to come rail against them and educate me on why that's uh, yeah okay it's not the best representative of hunting if people are doing sketchy stuff yes we need to call them out you know somebody is well, here's uh, the thing about shooting animals they're not but those aren't hunters those here's are poachers the thing. This is, I, I, I wrote an article on my blog 
that actually talks about that. This is what started the Hunter Up initiative is actually what you're saying right now. So the problem with Facebook algorithm and everything else is that, like you just mentioned, some jackass. Okay, this is what brought it up. It's very specific and is a very good example. Okay. There was a guy who posted a video and he kept running over a wild hog with his ATV. He'd run it over and the boar would get up and he the boar would charge him again and he'd run it over again and the boar kept getting up and charging him. And man, that shit went viral quick on Instagram. And people were just like, oh, I can't believe you're doing that. That's hunters, non-hunters all over the place. You know, every end, it's just stupid practice, you know? The problem with that is you as a hunter, instead of making a comment, because hunters are what saw that first. If you have a hunting uh, page on Facebook, Instagram, whatever, your friends are going to see it first. Now, when your friends comment, Oh, you're an idiot, da da da, or that's cool, whatever. But let's just let's just hope that everybody said to this guy he's an idiot. Facebook algorithm or Instagram algorithm cast the next net to catch the next group of fish to see this. Mm-hmm. And they say the same thing. It goes to the next. And the and before you know it, it's gone viral. So when you see things that are distasteful or going to hurt hunting. Instead of commenting or arguing with this guy on his comments, because that's what he wants. He wanted he mm-hmm. wanted to get recognition somehow good. He wanted his 15 minutes of fame somehow because I, I sent it to him. I sent him a private message. I said, hey, uh, not for nothing, you might want to think about taking that down because if you're a hunter, you're going to hurt hunting with this video. And he basically told me to fuck off. But when you see stuff like that, you should approach them by sending them a direct message, PM, DM, whatever you want to freaking call it, and and say, hey, listen, this is not helping us. You probably want to take this down. You know, it's your page, it's your thing, do what you want to do, but you honestly should take a look at it and think about what it's doing for hunting. He's either going to take it down, she's either going to take it down. Or they're going to get the same response that I got and tell you to fuck yourself. But at least you're not helping promote that freaking thing. Because what happens is once that viral video, once that video goes outside of your circle and goes to the next circle and the next circle, now anti-hunting people are seeing it and then they use it against us. This is why we're in trouble now. Why we weren't in trouble in the 1980s and early 90s. Because we didn't have a public forum. We were in the dark. We were we hid in the shadows. I remember when I nineteen eighty four, I think it was. I did my hunter safety, something like that. One of the things they taught us in the curriculum was don't flaunt your your game in front of public. Don't strap it to the hood of your car. I mean, that was a big practice when I was, you know, mm-hmm. my dad was in the seventies and the sixties. They'd strap the deer to the hood of the car, drive it to the, you know, city center, and show off the show off the buck, whatever. You know, by the time I did in the early '80s, did my hunter ed, don't flaunt it because you don't want to offend the non-hunting public. 
and that you know that practice worked pretty good for then because the ability for information to fly through the internet and reach millions of people wasn't there now the problem is you make a post yeah your intentions are are to show your hunting friends in your hunting circles and you know you might get the occasional uh Aunt Maymay, who's not a hunter, say, oh, I can't believe you killed those, you know. But for the most part, they don't, the, the non-hunting public is not going to see that picture unless it is gruesome enough or it has a potential to go viral. And once it goes viral, it's in the eyes of, and the problem is most of the stuff that goes viral is the stuff that's distasteful. And it's just like, how could I, you know, the news does this all the time. You're not going to watch the, you know, 15 minute piece on Joanne Sutton, who just turned 105 years old, but you're going to watch the coverage of the 15 car, car pileup on the highway because it's, you're interested in the negativity and, and the other side uses that all the time. They use that very same tactic. We, we just touched on it in, on the, on the movies and all that stuff. And, that's why we're in a battle that we can't win because we don't fight on the same playing field as them. We don't, you know. So we, we've we touched on some of, you know, some of the suggestions and some of the solutions. And, I mean, it comes down to a lot of, you know, banding together, being smart with what you put out, being smart with how you respond to issues. Um, if, you know, say bringing this back around to kind of the Hunter Up initiative, what – what is the Hunter Up Initiative? We've kind of talked about its goals. Is it? I know that I've been all over the map. <laughs> no, no. It's I want to I want to bring it back around because uh, you know I think this is an important. You know, we've talked about so many of the issues that are facing this, and it does. It seems overwhelming. Like it seems like uh, honestly, you uh, you kind of come at this, and it feels like, well, what can I do? Like I, you know, what effect can I have? It's like this giant tidal wave of crap coming at you from one side from the anti-hunters from this side from these groups that you know their whole purpose is to put down other hunters from this side from you know from uh you know people that that you're like what the what the heck are you doing i thought you were uh you know you say you're pro hunting why why you yeah. know why are you all down on me just because i do it this way you know you are getting it from all these sides it's it feels disconcerting you know, I mean, it, it feels, I don't want to say hopeless, but I want to bring that back around to, you know, how do we, how do we solve this problem? So what, what is, uh, really talk a little bit more about the Hunter Up initiative and how you want to address, uh, address things through this. I, I'm going to try to simplify it as best as possible. And, and, and part of the reason why, um, we were all over the place is there's just so much going on and, we're trying to squeeze this in a certain amount of time. I really, if if you take the time to introduce one person, okay, think about how many hunters there are in the United States. If you can introduce one person into hunting and you can educate five people about hunting, like seriously convince them to understand how the model works, that's pretty easy to do. 
in my opinion. I've introduced four people in the last year into hunting, and it really didn't take that much effort. You know, talking to a couple of dads at soccer, you know, and they're, oh, yeah, man, I'd love to try that. But you know what? I'm a hunting guide. I'm going to take you out hunting. And I took them out hunting. And, you know, they bought bows. They, you know, they may not be got die hard and that's good we don't really need them to be die hard we don't need them to be as passionate about you know going on 10 trips a year like you and me or whatever you know we don't see i think that right there is super important to note like because it's hard sometimes i even forget that like to where like i'm like when i want to introduce someone to hunting i want them to be like all right, you know, this fall we got, we got deer, then we're, then we're going straight for elk. And then I'm coming back to do this and da da. Like I want suddenly their life to revolve around hunting, but I mean, but I, it's hard to forget. Like that's, that's honestly very, very rare. Right. Like just if somebody goes out duck hunting one time and whether or not they go back again, but if they come out of that and go, that was awesome, you know, or that was like, I get it now. Like that's, Huge. You just, just gained an ally. You just gained an ally. Yeah. That's the point. I, I can't tell you how much opposition I have faced. How many people say, I don't want to introduce more people into hunting. I have a hard enough time getting tags now. I have a hard enough time. I'm tired of fighting the Orange Army. I'm tired of, you know, fighting over, uh, excuse me, fighting over land and this and that. Why would I want to introduce more people into hunting? Well, because if you don't, our voice is getting smaller and smaller. And and even even though the numbers may not seem like they're getting tiny and tinier, but we occupy less and less percentage of the population. So yeah, there might be okay, arbitrary number. There might have been a hundred hunters in in nineteen eighty and there's a hundred hunters today, but we were at three, you know, three point five billion people in the in the in the world and now we're at seven you know billion people yeah. in the world you understand what i'm trying to get at um so it, it's important if we want our voice to be heard and we want to still stay stay relevant that we introduce as many people into hunting as possible and don't be afraid that if you bring on you know two more hunting buddies, you're going to have less hunting because chances are they're not going to have the same passion as you. They didn't grow up with it. Now, when you introduce a kid into hunting, hopefully he will, but that you're, you're cultivating for the next gen, uh, next generation and they're not going to really necessarily be competing with you. Um, you gotta, you gotta look at it as you are gaining an ally. That's what you need. How do you need to look at it? Don't think of it as I'm, Taking away from my hunting. That's what everybody's so everybody's so worried about. Oh my, my honey hole. This that. Well, don't take him to your freaking honey hole then. You know, fucking throw a dart at the map. Pick a spot and just go. You know, he's gonna go. You know, I say he, she, whatever. He's gonna go out there. They might get done with that hunting and say, you know what? It really wasn't for me, but. In the end, when it comes time to vote, they're not going to vote against you. They're going to see what you put in, the the time, the effort. They, they're they're going to know, hey, well, it's not just getting in a truck and drive around and shoot things while I'm drinking beer. It's, you know, 
They'll be able and to recognize are, the misinformation. Guy, don't take anybody into hunting, please. <laughs> if, you're, if you are the, the beer-drinking road hunter, please do not do that. We don't, <laughs> we don't need any more of those. Um, I no, mean, don't I, get me it, wrong. I enjoy, I enjoy the, uh, the occasional post, post-hunt beer, but uh, it's yeah, definitely okay. not driving around with a beer in hand uh, and hanging a rifle out the, out the window. But, uh, I mean, it's very... It's very much you want we want people to be able to recognize the misinformation when they see it. I think that's right. so key is we we really can't do a lot to stop the flow of we can't I mean I don't think there's really anything we can do to stop the flow of misinformation. Not in this right. country um you know and to be honest like I'm not the type of person that would ever want the government to come down and try and do that. Um we can do as much as we can to provide our own source of accurate and educational information. But like you said, it's very rare. People want to see that they want to see the scandals. Um, but so it's so important that we do everything we can to educate these people enough. Yeah. You may not be able to give them the whole spiel about, uh, Pittman Robertson and explain all of that, but, Right. They may learn enough from when you're out hunting, like, you know, you take them out and you're like, okay, we got to go buy tags. And they're like, well, what are these for? And you give them that right. little bit of explanation, but then somebody comes out and says, well, this doesn't do anything for hunting. They at least know enough to recognize that that's not true. They're right. like, or that is. At least I got to question it and go look at themselves. Exactly. You know? Yeah, I agree with you. So going back to your question before I, again, I'm awesome at going off on tangents um the hunter up initiative is basically four parts recruit new hunters educate uh non-hunting public being more unified and being better to each other be more of a community you know and policing the unsavvy you know uh trying to stay away from helping antis you know push these crazy like oh the guy that shot the giraffe thing or you know or cecil the lion type stuff by not by understanding how facebook and social media and all that stuff works you comment on it it's going to go it's going to get bigger has it has a chance to go viral once it goes viral you're screwed it's just like instead of commenting because commenting brings it back to the top of the list again. Every time somebody comments, it it increases it to the top of the list. Send a private message. Write your own article. Don't obviously don't share the video, but you know, if you if you you can reference it without directing people to it, um you don't want to obviously, you know, encourage people to go view it, but counter it without without promoting it. You know, send that message uh, put out your own positive content to to counteract that. Do whatever you can. There's so many better ways to do that. Um, so, is there uh, uh, talking a little bit about more about Hunter Up? Is there like a website? Anything? What's uh, what are you putting together for this? I'm in the process right now. So right now, I, I, up until now, it's just been running it for my blog, uh, and that's JohnStallone.me. If uh, if you're interested in going to look. There's just a several articles, a couple of rants on there and so on and so forth. I've been kind of working, uh, you know, 
behind the scenes. I've been working behind the scenes with with uh, people who are smarter than I am and who have more uh, political savvy than I do. And I'm in the process now of trying to put a team of influencers together. Uh, I am working, like I, I said, I am working with California, but uh, one of the officials in California, I'm not going to name their name right now, but is going to help me put that same program together here in Arizona. Um, and one of the things we want to do, one one of the end goals of of what I'm trying to do is to hopefully uh, at I'm not sure what grade yet, but we have a curriculum proposal put together. Um, but I'm going to say, let's say fifth grade or sixth grade social studies. There be a chapter that gets taught to children, to school age children that teaches them about the North American wildlife conservation model. Um, I think that right there is the key to winning this war because we're at war for sure. And I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but it's not like there's environmentalist groups right now, not necessarily anti-hunting, but environmentalist groups right now that are putting together video games to distribute to children video games that would right the wrongs they, they it's a it's a it's a you the idea of the video game is for you to right the environmental wrongs of the world and that's just playing freaking dirty now there's a lot of environmental views that hunters uh are aligned with you know because we want to help out animals and we want to conserve wildlife and so on and so forth um so that's kind of a slippery slope but i when well, it all depends on your view of what the environmental wrong is exactly exactly I, thank you. you said it better than i did i i i it, it's to me it, you're playing dirty, you know. You're giving a kid a, a video game that's going to brainwash them. Like the, I mean, I feel like we really, really need to get involved with the children and and let them know, not to convert them to hunters. I mean, yeah, we want to recruit hunters, but just so they're not going to be brainwashed and will be able to think for themselves. Cause I, I, I see it all the time. Uh, I, when I was coaching, um, when I was coaching my girls soccer teams and stuff like that. And you know, the girls were like, Oh yeah, my dad's a hunter. Da, 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 da. And, or, you know, they'd see me, I'm always wearing shirts that say, you know, whatever, dear, whatever. And they already had an opinion. Mm-hmm. Hunting is bad. Hunting is evil. You know, you're a bad guy for hunting and killing animals. How do you do that? Like, and this is coming from like a six-year-old. Yeah. Where Where are they getting this from? 
where they're not getting it for social media yet, you know? So they're getting it from people that are adults that are spoon feeding them this. I overheard one of my, uh, I was, I was going to pick up one of my girls from school and I overheard a teacher telling a child that hunting is bad. And I'm like, you know, how do, how do we expect to survive as a community, survive as a group, as a, a, you know, and how does the, the wildlife conservation model expect to survive when that kind of shit's happening? Yeah. So, so that's why to me, I think it's important that they, something needs yeah. to be in place. They need to learn. You know? So I know you're kind of limited on time here. So I want to, I want to take kind of this last, these last couple of minutes and, and really just, you know, we, once again, we've talked about the challenges that face us. We've talked about, uh, ways we can combat that and what, what you would like to see, uh, or as far as what you want the, uh, Hunter Up initiative to do. Um, what, what maybe kind of, just in summary or closing thoughts, would you have what, uh, you know, the listeners of the podcast here are saying, okay, this is all great. You know, hunter up initiative sounds awesome. You know, oh, all do. this other, all this other stuff just royally sucks, you know, screw them, middle fingers, to all them hunter up thumbs up. What now? Like what, you know, what, what do you want to leave the listeners of the podcast with here? What, what would you like, uh, like them to know? Well, what I'd like them to know is to, well, hopefully there will be an organization at some point, but I would like them to know that you're not powerless and everything, every action has has a reaction, you know. So if you're doing positive things within the industry, if you're refraining from putting out suspect content if you're being good to one another if you're standing up and supporting one another when it may not be something that you like again the the predator hunting thing you may not be a predator hunter but stick up for predator hunting because it's a part of hunting and every time we lose it it's going away and really do your best to educate those who are in the non-hunting public um, I'd say go out, take the time right now and arm yourself with knowledge so you don't sound like a jackass like I did all day today on this podcast. <laughs> um, I, I don't know, like my, I, I apologize. I was very, uh, that's what another reason why I don't do things at night. I don't think very well. Um, I, <laughs> I was all over the place, but if you arm yourself with the knowledge, uh, from good sources, uh, you're going to have to you know, dig a little and make sure you're getting the right information, but get the right information and have intellectual conversations with people who are not hunting uh, or not hunters rather. And, and if you can take another, take another person out hunting, take a kid, take a buddy at work. Again, they may or may not become hunters, but you're gaining allies and that's, and that's really, you know, all the things that you can do that are very easy to do don't really require a whole lot of effort. I'm not asking you to run around and, 
you know, get petitions signed, not asking you to send out flyers and, and knock on doors. It's really easy to win this war if everybody's like-minded and doing things that are pro-hunting. And unifying and basically unifying, being unified in a goal, in a single goal to protect hunting in all its forms. Um, So if people wanted to help support uh, what you're doing with the Hunter Up initiative, like you said, you know, there are those kind of four tenets. Is there anything people can do a little more directly to uh, help contribute to what, what you're trying to do maybe with the Hunter Up initiative just locally in Arizona or... Well, I mean, honestly, if you're if you're interested in getting involved in some way or shape or form, um, if you go to my blog, uh, send me an email via my blog. Uh, there's contact form on there, and you know, just tell me you're interested. And if I got something for you, I'll, I'll direct I'll direct you to that. Right now, I have my hands in so many different things. Like I, my wife, when I took this on, she wanted to punch me in the face. Um, but I'm slowly working, like I said, with people who are much smarter than I am, uh, to put something together to make this a more organized and possibly even a conservation group of some sort. I I don't want, I don't want to say that it's coming, but I would like to see it go that way and not just be a movement. Um, something that is put in place that is monies set aside for educating, uh, for promoting hunting on all levels. And, um, we'll see, we'll see what happens, you know? And the way I look at it, five years from now, if I introduce 10 people into hunting and I change the minds of 100 people, I, it was worth it to me, you know? Um, so that's, that's right. pretty much Awesome, man. Well, i glad we were able to link up again, have you on, talk a little bit about, uh, a little bit about your, uh, your passion for this. Um, and uh, I will make sure to link to all of the stuff we talked about. I'll get links up to your, you know, your socials, your blog, everything on the show notes page. And uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll see, uh, see a little bit of action. I'm excited to see what comes of it. Yeah. Hopefully your listeners don't think I'm running around with a, a tinfoil hat. <laughs> I sound like a raging lunatic, but well, yeah, you um, take it off before you run around for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome, man. Thanks so much for hopping on. Thank you. Have a good one.